0: we Greetings, solo captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today on Rank Amateur, we will be going over the Tier 7 non-premium German cruiser, or heavy cruiser, the York. Uh, so this was actually a listener request. I've decided to finally start bowing to listener requests as I'm sort of running out of ships in the uh, French cruiser line as I kind of haven't been playing French cruisers in a little while, so I'm a little bit behind on the grind there. So uh, we are doing New York as per listener request. Uh, this listener also says that they play World of Warships Legends, which is perfectly fine. Some people uh, prefer that, but he says that it's a lot more interactive and better looking than the normal Windows World of Warships, just his opinion. Sir, that is heresy. Um, uh, it may just be my personal opinion. I do believe the uh, PC version will always be better, because, you know, PC Master Ace. But that's his opinion. Uh, so we will be going over that after we go over World of Warships news. So, World of Warships news. Uh, well, there's a lot of it. I haven't uploaded in a while. So, we have early access to Spanish cruisers. Uh, they basically just have um, uh yeah, so I believe they're AP only. They have the burst fire option, uh, repair party, they have spotting aircraft, uh, defensive AA, and a lot of the high tiers, actually tier four and up. Uh, they only have average concealment, not great maneuverability. But they are pretty fast cruisers. Uh, a lot of them tend to be kind of... Italian looking actually the tier 10 is basically basically just a Napoli. It is literally just a rebranded Napoli Ah, uh, yes, that's pretty good. They are AP only uh, so a bit of a bummer there But they do have that burst fire. I have found them to be pretty balanced. Um, they're, they're strong in certain situations the armor-piercing is, is quite powerful however um, when you're nose into them, they can't really do too much to you. Uh, I was facing off against the Tier 9, I think. Uh, granted, I was in my Des Moines, but uh, I basically just chunked him with my um, high explosive so fast that he couldn't he couldn't actually do anything about it. So as far as that's concerned, they're pretty good. I've got new personal challenges, new battle pass, uh, concealed maneuvers. They're testing out the aerial smoke screen and mines from those. Uh, new carriers are releasing. Looks like the mines are actually dropped from a. Well, not a B 24. Uh, what is that? That's a weird aircraft. Uh, but yeah, some sort of American bomber that I actually don't recognize. So I'll have to look that up. And then they also do that aerial smoke screen. Uh, so I'm interested to see how it was. And by the way, aerial smoke screens were real. There's actually a picture search- circling around the internet of an aircraft smoking up USS Lexington with an aerial smoke screen in training. European destroyers are now available to everyone. Uh, some warship strike stuff in the armory we have Van Spake or Spijake. I am sorry, Dutch people. I'm not gonna take the time to learn how to pronounce it. But yep, it's gonna be a research bureau ship. Um, I don't really know what's special about it. Uh comes on the he bomb airstrike, typical Dutch thing. It's got two or three uh millimeter guns, it's got nine of them. They're not on a great reload, it's pretty strong. Um has a long range AG bomb airstrike, but it only has one or RF- one flight. Uh it's pretty stealthy, uh it has hydroacoustic search and repair party. I, d- I guess I don't think it's worth research points, but I mean it's an interesting ship. We'll see how it is. Um Got some new camouflages and then the naval community tab. Um and they're also removing, unfortunately, the symbols of Yukon bundle, the landing rod defense permanent camouflage, Japanese Castle Permanent Defense, Stars and Stripe Permanent Camouflage, and more camouflages container. So if you want those, get them now, they'll be gone in twelve point seven. Alright, so we have the uh, Azure Lane ships uh, that are coming back. They have the Cheshire now and the uh, Prince Heinrich. Uh, they can be Azure Lane now. So, yeah, there's that. They have the Battle of the Somme collection that released with an additional uh, premium ship, which is the the Somme, which is literally just Jutland with the Left We Forget camouflage. They have economic changes. Uh, basically, they're making it so that it's harder for you to complete missions and operations, which is completely reasonable because all those missions that were complete in operations, uh, you could complete very easily in operations. So I, I kind of agree with that, Nerf. It sounds like they're going to, um, they're adding operations to the majority of combat missions, uh, so you'll be able to uh, complete them with operations, just moving out as easily as you used to, so you will still be able. To, you're you're going to be able to complete more missions and operations, but not as quickly. If that makes sense, um, more division stars, different brawls, uh, technical improvements, settings menus have been revised, game balance changes. Uh, they nerfed the Louisiana, uh, and they were actually nerfed all the American battleships uh, that the American carrier battleships. Um... It also reduces the average damage that they do to destroyers, blah, blah, blah. Tier 5 Hawkins has actually been buffed. The shell ballistics have been changed and now characterized by a flatter trajectory, and the armor penetration capabilities of AP shells have been improved. So the Hawkins, which was already a good ship, is not an even better ship. Although, not by much. Uh, Some content additions. Going to have some new commanders. Going to have some new flags. And we're going to have a Colombian Navy patch. Got some new uh, Four Emblems for Pan-American ships. Uh, so that's for when you um, get in the top 10 or top 3 a certain amount of times and win the battle. Uh, they have a new permanent camouflage for Dmitry Pozorsky. I did not know when that ship got added. Um, yeah, just some random changes here and there. Uh, as far as other things, there's not too much. Uh, it's usually just going more into detail about various things that they're doing and just some special events. New Prime Gaming drop. Be sure to get that before August 22nd, otherwise it will be gone. I believe you can actually get a premium ship from that one. Uh, I believe it's up to tier seven premium ships. Uh, just some new combat missions and stuff, and then of course Azure Lane. That's uh, gonna be very or always is very popular for wargaming, so Obviously, they they're gonna focus on that quite heavily. All right, so now for the uh, actually the history of the York class cruiser, and there's not much history about this cruiser, and the reason why is because it it's kind of a design that wargaming pulled out of their butts. It doesn't really exist. It it kind of exists, but um, not not really. Um, so basically, after World War One, Germany was limited in. Uh, well, their warship construction. Every ship had to be 20 years old, and they were li- limited, I think, uh, six pre-dreadnought battleships and six light cruisers after the Treaty of Versailles after World War One. That uh, was part of the Germany's heavy punishment and humiliation, which arguably led to World War Two. but, well, that, that's a whole different topic. Uh, so to replace six battleships, the vessels, at most, must be 10,000 tons. At most. And they cannot be replaced when they're 20 years old. Uh, Germany's potential rivals at this time were limited building vessels of 35,000 long tons and this was by the Washington Naval Treaty and subsequent agreements and so the caliber of uh, any new ship or the gun caliber was not actually regulated by the treaty itself uh, but uh, there was a commission the Naval Inter-Allied Commission of Control the NIACC uh, which was created by the Treaty of Versailles did have the authority to regulate this and could regulate Germany's ships uh, the Allies assumed that these limitations, uh, only coastal defense ships could actually be built, but Germany was about to get kind of creative. They decided that they were going to build kind of a cruiser-battle cruiser, battle cruiser. Uh, so uh, the Reichsmarine's oldest battleship, the, uh, the Preussen, was laid down in 1902 and could replaced legally in 1922, which was just three years after the uh, signing of the Treaty of Versailles. Design studies were uh, started as early as 1920, and there was two basic options. The Navy could build a heavily armored, slow, small warship similar to a monitor or a large, fast, lightly armored vessel similar to a cruiser. And uh, basically, they kind of just... Proceeded to study these um, different uh, options extensively. Uh, the German economy collapsed in 1924, and uh, this actually halted the work temporarily. However, this uh, was resumed later after the admiral Hans Ecker, um was or pushed for new design uh, studies to be resumed, and so. It's kind of hard to tell which design York is. However, uh, they think it's I-10 or 1-10, which is a 32-knot cruiser armed with eight uh, 205-millimeter guns. Um, and there were several other designs, such as uh, 2-10, which is a 22-knot cruiser with uh, four 380, uh, um, yeah, 380-millimeter guns. And the three other designs were I, uh, 2-30, 4-30, and 5-30. Uh, actually, excuse me. Three slash No, that's another two slash thirty. So, um, but they were armed with six, a three hundred uh, or thirty centimeter, three hundred millimeter guns, uh, with varying levels of armor protection. And uh, this was uh, the Rex Eventually, operated, uh, operated, opted for two hundred eighty millimeter guns to avoid provoking allies and ease pressures on the design staff. Uh, as the uh, German Navy was more comfortable with smaller guns, because the French did occupy the Ruhr, uh, Roy, Royer, Ruhr, I don't know, uh, industrial area, which actually uh, prevented Germany from quickly developing new large-caliber artillery rifles. Um, so York is was kind of a flash in the pan in the German design bureaus at this time. Uh, she was. Quickly uh, written off, but Wargaming essentially just needed a ship to bridge the gap between um, the Nuremberg and the Admiral Hipper, so they kind of had to go with an in betweener and they found the York. So the York is is kind of accurate, kind of what they imagine it would look like. It looks pretty consistent for what uh, we would imagine like German shipbuilding to be in the mid 1920s. Uh, It does have kind of a weird gun caliber, I don't think any German gun was 210 millimeters. Uh, at least in that portion of time, Uh, and she's also with inconsistent uh, anti-aircraft and secondary artillery, because she's imagined as if the ship was built and then modified, or modernized rather, by the Nazis themselves. So it does contain those modern 105s and some other flat cannons that did simply not exist in the 1920s. So... That's what she's imagined as. If you want to look a little bit more into the history of uh, the German Navy building cruisers, uh, this is actually from, uh, or you can actually find this information in the history of the uh, Deutschland-class cruisers. Uh, This is kind of the dilemma that the German Navy, the Reichsmarine, was facing when they were constructing these warships. Uh, they were constructed, obviously, uh, in the late, late 1920s. We're talking about 1929. So it took them a very long time to figure out what they wanted to build. But this is, they were the products of it. They were pocket battleships. They were technically way over the weight, uh, by 600 tons. And that was completely empty. They weighed 10,600 tons. So they were very large, very much pushing the envelope. And fully loaded, they weighed nearly 14,290 tons, which obviously is 4,000 tons over what was supposed to happen. So uh, the German Navy just decided basically I'm bending the rules a little bit uh, and hoping that no one really noticed. And the enforcement of these treaties was so bad that uh, no one really cared. So, yeah, that's the history of the York. Uh, York is obviously never built, so Wargaming had a ton of leeway as to what they wanted to do with the York, so they didn't really need to be restrained to anything other than making it look like somewhat of a modernized 1920s ship, uh, which I suppose they did a decent job of. Uh, but let's get into the world of warships section of this episode, and ma- maybe they'll start to make more sense. Although York does look pretty good, it does look more unique than any other ship in the line, which I guess I suppose it makes sense, as it was the only ship in this in the actual tech tree that was would have been built by the Reichsmarine versus the Kriegsmarine or the um, uh, was it Kaiserlich Marine, um, which was the Imperial German Navy. Alright, so starting off, she's gonna have a main battery that's gonna be four uh, turrets of two guns each, two hundred ten millimeter guns, those forty-five caliber SL or SKL forty fives in a turret, it's gonna have an instant a range of an astonishing 17.32 kilometers, which is extremely long. Oh, proper disclaimer, I don't actually own this ship, however, I do have the mines. in order to accommodate listener requests, sometimes they do have to go off ships I do not own. So it's gonna be more focused on how to play against the ship versus how to actually play it. But I um I did do extensive research on the Vimar as I was intending by it. I didn't eventually because of the extremely short range on that ship, but I do know how to play which by the way, the Vimer is. A similar class to the ship but um, I do know how uh, the ship is supposed to be played Reload time is a little slow at 12 seconds, It's going to give you 5 rounds a minute, 180 degree turn time is pretty excellent, it's going to be 36 point, or 34.62 seconds, so that's going to be 5.2 degrees a second. The accuracy is pretty good, um, you're going to look at 2.0 sigma, maximum of the surge in horizontal is a little bit long, uh, or a little bit wide, about 153 meters, dispersion vertical is also a little wider than we would like, about 92 meters, but this is out at 17 kilometers, so it's not too bad. Uh, the HE shell is a 210 mm spr SPR-GRL-4.3 uh, shell, so it's going to have a raw DPM 116,000. Uh, which for the caliber is extremely low. Uh, The maximum damage from each of these shells is only 2,900. Usually for a 210mm shell, we like around the 3,000 range. So it's a little bit low, but not too bad. The shell velocity is excellent. It's 900 uh, meters a second. And since the shell weighs 114 kilograms, you can expect to maintain that velocity for a decent amount of time. Have decently flat firing arcs, unlike the Desaven Provincia, which has has, uh, extremely high velocity. I think it's around 910 meters. Second or 870 meters a second, but since the shells are so light, uh, they lose that velocity very quickly and it ends up being more like an American cruiser. Uh, not the case here. The depth explosion can be about three meters. Uh, HD penetration is going to excellent. 53 meters, or 53 meters, 53 millimeters. As you know, we have the German, cal- German quarter caliber penetration mechanic, which gives it excellent penetration characteristics and completely negates. Any need for the use of the high FHE skill later on. Burn probability is a pretty good 12.0%. German ships generally have high burn probabilities and low damage on their their HE shells. So this is pretty typical from what we uh, see. Fires per minute, you're going to be about three fires a minute. Uh, Average, you're probably going to be looking at about one or so. Our odd DPM on the AP shells is excellent. These are 210mm piece SPRGRL slash 4.1 shells. DPMs can be about 224,000, maximum damage about 5,600. This isn't necessarily super spectacular, it's good, but the uh, penetration on these shells is what makes them shine. German ships are not typically known for their great uh, armor piercing penetration, however, since uh, this ship has. particularly good shell velocity regardless of the penetration mechanics it will have good penetration the shell weight is going to be 114 kilograms once again standard ricochet angles of 45 to uh, 60 degrees and depth over or depth explosion is going to be one meter overmatch is going to be about 14 uh, 14 millimeters almost said 14 meters 14 millimeters the arming threshold is going to be 35 millimeters and going to have a standard fuse arming time of not 0.33 seconds Alright, and as far as aiming sectors are concerned, uh, it could be better, it could be better, but it is definitely usable, I would say about average, for the uh, aiming sectors of these guns. Now, as far as these torpedoes are concerned, uh, they're self-defense torpedoes and strictly self-defense torpedoes. Uh, You can also use them as an ambusher. I would not really recommend it too much unless there's heavy island cover that you can sneak behind uh, because these torpedoes do have that standard German 6-kilometer range. they are going to be 12 torpedoes. They're going to be in uh, four mounts of three torpedoes each, 533-millimeter drilling torpedoes. Uh, they're gonna be, uh, or they're gonna have a maximum damage of thirteen thousand seven hundred, a reload time of a pretty good 68.0 seconds, a torpedo speed of a uh, respectable sixty-four knots, detectability range is a little long, about one point three kilometers, gives a reaction time about seven point six seconds, and chance of causing flooding is two hundred twenty-seven percent, which is about average. Uh, the torpedo aiming sector is kind of abysmal. Uh, it does pretty much go straight off the side of the ship. It's kind of hard to see on the model just because of the torpedoes being mounted so far to the side of the ship. However, it's not great. You're basically going to have to be broadside. These are either suicide torps or ambush torps, and they're kind of bad ambush torps at that. Secondary armament, even though in Sturman, is negligible. It does have those 105s, uh, 65 caliber 105s. However, they only have a range of 6.3 kilometers. A defense, being a 1920 ship, even though it was modernized, is kind of laughable uh the damage is only going to be thirteen hundred on each flak explosion you're only throwing out three flak explosion and you're looking at about uh d p s of oh, jesus where is the d p s uh about two hundred and fifty or so just under two hundred fifty d p s at maximum. Uh maximum where actually if if all your ranges of AA are firing at the same time. So you got about eighty-seven in the medium range and uh 164 in the long range or in the in the near range. Far range doesn't even have any DP actually it uh, has ninety one DPS, so it's it's usable. It's not gonna stop anything though, so I guess it's really not usable. Um but it's not the worst we've seen. You'll shoot down a few planes, but definitely not worth an AA build. The health pool is a little low. We're only running about 32,600. It's not awful. uh, For a tier... Seven though, I do not like to see that higher, especially since there's a, kind of a lack of armor on this ship. Uh, it does have kind of that German trolley armor, though you got some weird thick armor plates in random spots that can bounce shells. However, it just tends to be a bit of a shell catcher. Uh, it does have the turtleback armor arrangement, however, it mostly just ensures that battleship shells arm inside of your ship rather than passing through it. Uh, and yeah, so it's. It works against heavy cruiser shells sometimes, but definitely not battleship shells. So this is not, armor is not something to rely on here. Um, Your The total amount of damage from each fire, you can have a maximum of four, so it's gonna be 2,900, and then 3,200 for the floods. Uh, Concealments is a pretty abysmal 13 kilometers. Uh, German ships never known for being stealthy. Uh, so when on fire, you're gonna go up to 15 kilometers. And from the air, that's about 5.93 kilometers. The maximum speed of the ship is, uh, standard 32 knots. However, the turning circle radius is an excellent 650 meters. You can get this thing around faster than the Ohotnik can get itself around. It, which is pretty amazing, because the Ohotnik is a destroyer. Rudder shift time is also a pretty fantastic 8.1 seconds. On a tier 7 heavy cruiser, that's pretty excellent. So this maneuverability is uh, nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, you Throttle juking is an ease on this thing. Uh, it's typically better for a lot of ships to go with throttle juking. However, rudder juking here is quite... I think I said throttle juking before. I meant rudder juking. Rudder juking is quite easy here. Uh, so that's definitely preferred arrangement here, although throttle juking is not impossible. Uh, it is easier on this, this thing's sister ship, the Vimer, which does have that engine boost. Uh, uh, it further improves your acceleration uh, to ensure that you're hard to hit. As far as upgrades, we're going to go with Main Armaments Mod 1, then we're going to go with... The uh, probably Engine Room Protection, however, if you do have access to it, Hydroacoustic Search Modification 1 is desirable. Um, If you do not have access to it, we're going to go with that Engine Room Protection. I'm just going to assume you don't have access to it, so we're going to go with that Engine Room Protection mod. Uh, As far as the third slot, uh, we're definitely going to go with the Aiming Systems Modification 1, as this ship is going to specialize in medium to long range encounters. Uh, and then, as far as the next one's concerned, next upgrade, uh, you could go with Propulsion Modification 1, but just because the rudder shift time is already excellent, and is as is the turning circle radius of this ship, Steering Gears Modification 1 does look like a favorable modification. Either one will work, it depends on your playstyle, but uh, I do recommend the Steering Gears Modification 1. That's going to get your rudder shift time down to 6.5 seconds, which is high destroyer range at this point. And as far as commander's concerned, for your first 10 points, we're going to go with gun feeder. You are going to be switching between shells quite a lot in this ship. Priority target, and then we're going to go with adrenaline rush and concealment expert. Uh, concealment expert isn't necessarily going to be used too much in this ship. However, it is, uh, concealment is so bad on this ship that you do kind of want to get it down. That's going to get us down to about 12.10 kilometers. If you really don't care about concealment, You could go with Outnumbered, Uh, that would work as well. Um, Top Grade Gunner is definitely something that you should go with as well on this ship, especially uh, if you're training it from a mines. A mines build would work very well here. Uh, You could go with Survivability Expert as well, just get a little bit extra tankiness, and then Superintendent. Uh, so that's going to get your, uh, hit point pool up to 35,000. If you don't really f- feel that's worth it for you, uh, then you could also go with, uh, consumables enhancements to increase the action time of your Hydroacoustic Search skill. Um, Heavy H-E and Snap Shells, I don't really recommend that. Uh, it, yeah, it's, the extra 10% is not worth the extra 15% in Concealment, uh, debuff uh outnumbered you could do that don't really think it's necessary radio location might be really useful for this definitely don't go with ifhs uh because you already have excellent penetration the gears isn't really necessary for this ship and i wouldn't upgrade the torpedoes at all because they're not very good uh just because of their extremely poor range um so i i would go probably with uh superintendent Uh, With a Gun Feeder, Consumable Enhancement, uh, Priority Target, Superintendent, Adrenaline Rush, Top Grade Gunner, and Concealment Expert build, Uh, you could definitely swap the Concealment Expert for Outnumbered if you wanted to. That's definitely a viable path. Uh, If you wanted to pick up Survivability Expert, you could definitely do that and then um, pick up uh, another... 3-point uh, skills. so uh, if you wanted maybe heavy AP shells, that's definitely something you could do. However, I do I do like playing with a, a little bit of a ge- get-out-of-jail-free card, or maybe not get-out-of-jail-free card, but uh, with a smaller concealment just to make your life a little easier. Uh, yeah, so this is, is definitely a bit of an... Uh, it's obviously an artillery cruiser, uh, something that is definitely going to survive by just throwing as much stuff at the wall as physically possible, Uh, So it means that for your uh, consumables, we're going to go with Juliet Charlie, Sierra Mike, November Foxtrot to get the speed up, the reduction or get a complete reduction or elimination of risk of a magazine explosion and those uh, consumables reloading faster. Then we're going to go with the two fire flags. uh, And then we're going to go with the hydroacoustic search uh, flags. So Sierra Bravo, those two previous flags are India X-Ray and Victor Lima. Uh, So that's going to get your fire chance. That's going to go all the way up to 14%, which is really respectable. You're going to be looking about an average of two fires a minute. Uh, Technically, it's about 3.81, but you'll probably see about two per minute uh, if you're really lucky. Uh, As far as speed's concerned, we're looking about 33.6 knots. Your hydroacoustic search is going to have a cooldown time of 114 seconds, an action time of a pretty good 133 seconds. It's going to have a 5.5 kilometer range. For ships and a detection of torpedoes from 3.75 kilometers out, you're going to have four charges, the standard damage con, and then they're going to have just the fighter consumable. I do not recommend, under any circumstance, swapping the Hydroacoustic Search for defensive fire. The German Hydroacoustic Search is just too good to pass up, and the fact that the defensive AA fire doesn't really do too much. Your consumables to be down 12.10 kilometers um, and that's, that's pretty much it. So if, if you really wanted to go for kind of just a tank build and, uh, to increase the use of your top grade gunner, I would recommend going with survivability expert and then, uh, heavy AP shells just to round out your 21 points there. Uh, you could go with incoming fire alert if that's what you want, or, uh, last stand. However, I would just rather uh, pay attention and just use my damage con. So if you, if you do that build, the whole, um... Uh, we'll call it the whole nine yards build, Uh, you're going to have a main battery reload time of just 11.4 seconds when they're inside of your detectability range, and you decreased about 50% health or so. Uh, you're going to have a reload time about 9.94 seconds on those two 10mm guns. You're going to have a hit point pool of 35,750, which is a bit more respectable. Uh, you're going to have four charges of every consumable. Uh, you're going to have uh, AP shells that are going to do 5, or yeah, 5,888 damage uh, per shot, which is pretty respectable for a tier 7 that only has two 10mm guns. Uh you're gonna be able to switch those gun feed, uh those shell types forty percent faster. Uh yeah, and that's pretty much it for the York. As far as the York's playstyle, it's different for everybody. Uh I would it's it it's better just to warn people what they're gonna experience with this ship. You're gonna experience uh no armor. Or and, and people say, Oh, well, there's armor on that ship. You can look at this spot and this spot and it has an icebreaker bound, whatever, and whatnot. However, uh, it is very trolly. You do have a lot of weird plates and weird geometry inside of the ship that does seem to catch a lot of shells. However, you'll get shot at by a um, Musashi or something like that and be completely broadside or something, and then somehow not die. It's really weird. I don't recommend trusting this armor. It's definitely something that's a... Uh, whoops, I forgot he was their card. Not necessarily a let's charge in... Um, for- to you know, do a crusade. What is it? The thirteenth crusade uh, on the enemy ships. It's never going to work out well for you then. And like I said, it's very much uh, a defense against pot shots. And even then, it doesn't work super well. So it's best just to avoid incoming fire. As far as the guns are concerned, it's ideal to keep them firing at all times. Uh, the only reason why you would take concealment expert is if you wanted to hide away quickly. Uh, but the only re- the way your top uh, grade gunner is going to work is if uh, you are having enemy ships inside of your detectability range, which is 13.44 kilometers. Uh, You can increase this if you want to, to go with heavy HE and sap shells. The reason why I don't necessarily recommend going with a full lighthouse build is because the HE is not very good to begin with, and you'd only be getting it up to average levels as far as raw damage output. However, since the... HD penetration is much higher than cruisers comparable to it of other nations. You will be doing about the same net damage because more of these shells will be penetrating versus just uh, shattering on enemy deck armor. However, it is not going to penetrate a turret or a barbette or a conning tower, so you will still have some shatters regardless of how much your shells penetrate. And then you have ships like the Sovetsky Soyuz and, uh, well, other German ships that have decks that are basically impenetrable. However, those ships tend to have large superstructures, which are ripe for the farming, in addition to large bows and sterns that can serve the same purpose for you. Uh, So this ship works good about 10 kilometers out is usually what I use 10 11 kilometers or so out is usually the metric that I use uh, for my mines and for other German cruisers that I play It tends to work out pretty well. You tend to be able to avoid incoming fire uh, pretty well, and you tend to be able to dish out a lot of damage pretty accurately at that level. Uh, Do remain angled at all times. Uh, You want to make sure that you use the most armor that you possibly can, even though you don't have much, to increase the chances of those shells ricocheting. Uh, And then it's basic cruiser gameplay. Uh, Definitely, if you go up to a cap and there's no one there, if it's just destroyers or something like that, push through the cap, and then just kind of see what's on the other side there. However, if you're getting pushed into heavily, just kite. This ship's very, very good at kiting. It's kind of like a Japanese cruiser. It's very dangerous when it's kiting because uh, it's quick enough that it's not really going to get caught by any battleships, except for maybe the Iowa's, uh, Georgia, and maybe some of the uh, French things or something of the like. Uh, but they're going to take a heavy cost or when they uh, begin pursuing the York just because of the sheer amount of high explosive damage it can uh, dish out this is the highest high-explosive DPM that you will see in the German line, yes, even higher than the Hindenburg. Uh, this is something that's kind of special about the York, uh, in the German line, that is. It, it, there You will find higher high-explosive DPMs elsewhere, don't get me wrong, but in the German line. This is the ship that you will probably be firing the most high-explosive out of. Don't get me wrong, the armor-piercing is excellent for broadside targets, or nearly broadside targets. Or targets that the high explosive simply won't do anything to. So like, you know, some of the Russian battleships, some of the German battleships, if the uh, superstructure is saturated with damage. Uh, so that is something that's interesting. 32mm plating, this thing eats it up for breakfast. So I'm talking about the likes of the French battleships, uh, up to Tier eight, in the American battleships, certainly those slow American battleships, and the American battle carriers... Um, with their absolutely massive superstructures that have loads and loads of hit points are going to get eaten alive by this thing. It's a bit of a mosquito. It likes to suck on 32mm plating uh yeah and then this thing will dispatch destroyers pretty quickly uh assuming you hit your shots if you start missing shots though since the thing does only have eight guns and a 12 second reload you will be feeling that uh pinched quite quickly although it is great at pushing them out of smoke screens because of its 5.5 kilometer hydro It doesn't mean I recommend pushing into a destroyer smokescreen at the beginning of the game. You will die. If you don't die from their torpedoes, you will die from all their teammates. So definitely something that's a bit of a late-game party trick. But, uh, yeah. So as far as approaching caps, definitely don't recommend capping this ship. I mean, that's not super special. It is a cruiser. But uh, stay a decent ways back. Maybe find an island to kind of position yourself behind before rolling out to uh, lay some hate down the battlefield. Uh, Or yeah, Battlefield, I was going to Battle Ocean, but that kind of has a weird ring to it. Yeah, that's how you're going to play the Yark. Just keep the guns firing uh, as much as you possibly can. Uh, even if you're starting to take heavy damage, it is recommended that you keep firing those guns, as that's pretty much all this Cruiser's good at. It's not really good at tanking much damage. Its torpedoes kind of suck, so does the Concealment. So it doesn't really matter, because your Concealment sucks, and the ship plays off just firing as, much shells, or as many shells as it can. I'm not recommending uh, going out there and suiciding in the first 10 minutes. You definitely don't want to do that. But stick around your battleships and keep firing. Uh, definitely switch between kiting and uh, pushing very often. Trying not to get pushed back too often. Is, is It is common for people to push themselves into corners with this thing as they're uh, just too concentrated and keeping the guns firing. So what I recommend is uh, firing the guns, uh, zooming out or... or uh, exiting out of the binocular view and kind of looking around seeing what the situation's like then fire again remember you're going to have about 12 seconds to think before your guns are even ready to fire again so definitely do not tunnel vision uh these ships are definitely make you vulnerable to tunnel visioning uh which can lead to nasty surprises as you're sitting in your binocular view and you suddenly enter the post-battle results screen uh or actually or get sent back to port rather. Yeah, so that's something to be careful about. So the gist of the ship is keep the guns firing, uh, keep uh, switching between kiting and pushing, uh, to try and maintain position make sure you don't get backed into a corner try not to tunnel vision uh, While keeping those guns firing uh, Because it can lead to some sticky situations and the York isn't typically the most forgiving ship remember that you have the highest uh, High explosive DPM of any German cruiser or German tech cruiser definitely use that effectively Don't forget about your armor-piercing shells though, which is why you're going to take that and um, You're going to take that gun feeder skill to ensure that you can get those armor-piercing shells out when you see a broadside target. This thing does eat broadside cruisers uh, fairly effectively. So, that that's how I play it, and don't approach Cap super closely, but definitely, this is not a flanking ship, this is definitely a ship that supports its teammates directly, it's not French, it's not fast enough to be out in the flank, because if something happens where the battle shifts, and it goes to the other side primarily, or to the middle primarily, you'll find yourself sailing into range, uh for a decent amount of time even though you do have that 17.32 kilometer range Uh, by the way when people start getting in range I do recommend as soon as uh, most people are spotted opening up you do want to open up earlier than later like I said because this ship relies on just hitting an insane amount of shells it's kind of like the mines in that respect it's why the Vimer was created because it kind of plays off that idea except it uses those 150 millimeter guns instead of the 210s Uh, this thing does eat light cruisers for breakfast it does eat heavy cruisers for breakfast and battleships for breakfast but it needs time to do that so just keep that in mind don't rush into any situations which would require a high alpha strike unless it's absolutely necessary and you can get those torpedoes off in range remember they only have a six kilometer range and since it's a german cruiser with the standard torpedo range people are going to know you have a six kilometer torpedo range and they'll play around that commonly so just keep that in mind you're playing the York. The York is a very fun ship to play. It's for active playstyle Uh it requires a bit of a more aggressive playstyle versus kind of like a passive cruiser play. Uh but you definitely have to know when to push in this ship so a lot of that comes from experience but those are the things definitely to note about this ship it definitely has a bit of a higher skill floor i say about a medium skill floor and a very very high skill ceiling the ship definitely has the tools uh to give players who know how to play it a very good experience but that's it for today for rank amateur podcast i do know i have some more listener requests in the bag um uh, some of them I've been waiting on because I'm not super experienced in the ships that, uh, they have suggested. So those people who haven't heard their listener requests yet, just know I am going to do them at some point. I just don't want to create a, uh, podcast that has poor advice or at least advice that I can't back up with personal experience. I know that there's a great many play styles for each ship and that some people are very, uh, I guess, very strong on their ideas of how ships are played. This is how I'm going to play a ship. I've found success in ships at least like it, although I haven't played it myself. Um, uh, But it should offer you great success. As far as countering this ship, uh, it's a light cruiser. Or a heavy cruiser, that's basically like cruiser. Just shoot at it, it'll die. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Don't get don't get suckered into kiting it because that is going to not end up well for you, especially if you're a battleship with 32mm plating. Because uh, remember, it does have that like 54mm of penetration, I think it's 53mm of penetration. Don't get suckered into uh, torpedo range, don't get suckered into uh, kiting with this thing. Uh, and just remember, it's going to throw a lot of high explosives, so don't damage on the first fire. That's it for today, folks. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, please e- email me at rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing your guys' emails. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I enjoyed making this, and hopefully we'll get some more regular podcasting out. It's been busy over the last few weeks, which is why uh, it's well, it's been a while since I've podcasted. All right, anyways, until next time, Captains.